Hey everybody, this is Megan Douglas uh, with Riverwise Podcast, and today we are speaking with Constant Patton. Constance is an artist who is based currently out of New York, but who was raised in Detroit, and today she's speaking with us about how her art evolved over COVID, um, her goddess project, and some of the ways in which she uses her art to bring collective healing, education, resistance, and beautification uh, to her city. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm here in the Detroit is Different uh, studio with Kari. And today we are talking to one of my homegirls, um, Constance Patton. Um, Constance is... What up, though? Hey, hello. <laughs> wait? I'm sorry. I'm no. trying to wait. I've already been talking. Okay. Yeah. Um, don't start doing anything now you haven't been doing your whole life. Shoot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um... I wanted to talk to Constance today uh, because not only is she a friend of mine, but she's an amazing, dope artist from uh, the city of Detroit. Uh, she's black and indigenous woman who does art, sculpting, mural making, fashion designing. She's a historian. Um, and, um, you know, from the street art to the storytelling to the music, Constance has her hands in a lot of different pots. And I think... Um, she's very characteristic of the Detroit spirit, um, especially because a major theme that runs throughout her work is community restoration, community beautification, education, and then also community healing. Um, Constant is an alumna of the New School and has traveled the world with her art, working with kids, um, working with all kinds of people. And currently, she um, is one of the co-founders of what's called the Soho Renaissance Factory, and it's a collective that formed organically during the 2020 lockdowns um, due to COVID. And we'll learn more about that in a minute. Uh, she also hosts the oral history podcast, Effing Rejects. If you're looking for it, it's F apostrophe C-K-I-N-G Rejects. And the Rejects Book Club podcast, where she reads fiction to help calm minds. Um, so yeah, welcome, Constance. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, what an honor to have that all those wonderful things coming from your mouth. <laughs> I feel so seen. <laughs> yeah, I see you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, I've been doing so much. I've been doing too much. I see you. Forever. You do. You do do a lot. <laughs> and I think um, that's one of the reasons. So the, the the current talk that we're having at Riverwise and the, current, the next issue that's about to come out um, is we're thinking a lot lately about visions for the future. And yeah. Right. And so what that means, how we think past old ways of life, how do we imagine worlds that aren't steeped in injustice and intolerance? And so um, I think your work and um, even just, you know, the the moving beyond you know, taking things from a place and taking them somewhere new, making them your own, but also like calling on the legacies of the past is one of the things that I thought was really important to bring you in Um because I think you have a lot of perspective. So, thank um, you. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to start here, where I ask you um, to just tell me a little bit about, like, you know, being an artist from Detroit who now resides in New York. Um, yeah. Yeah. What keeps you connected to this <laughs> oh, city? What keeps Detroit in your new in your New York life? And yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I have like the D's had it on me right now. <laughs> Detroit is. <laughs> It's a part of me. It's part of my blood. Um, 
Yeah, I moved here actually 15 years ago this week. And, you know, when I left Detroit, it was really bittersweet because it is such, you know, it's like there's Motown and, you know, rock and roll. There's art. There's always been art there. It just wasn't like the people weren't seen necessarily. And so I'm really a product of that. Um, when I was leaving, I remember feeling just guilt, like, and kind of also wondering why other artists, like all these great artists were there, right? Because I think that when you're young, you have this idea of what it's supposed to be success or, you know, like it's a gallery and Pinky's up in New York or whatever. But, um, you know, I'm re I really like commend the artists that are, are in Detroit and have been there um, creating and, you know, keeping that brain power there. For myself, I I knew I was going to travel. My grandmother is an artist, both my grandmothers. And I grew up with uh, one in particular, Mildred. Henrietta was also an artist. And it was kind of just all, it's just a part of our life there. We didn't really necessarily they call it that i knew my grandma's grandmothers were artists but they just made stuff they didn't really even think of it as that deep it's just in you that's like some detroit stuff hmm. it's just in you and so you know i i basically when i came here i was trying to build a toolbox like i was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna see the world which i have absolutely uh, thank god to you know, all the people I've come across and like been able to get jobs here. And, and now I'm a full-time artist, but it took a very long time. And part of that was absolutely the Detroit spirit, just like doing it, like putting something together. Don't even think too hard about it and pull it off. Uh, community coming together. Like that was, I think one of the saddest things I remember leaving, it was like Northern Lights was popping and everybody was there and like all these creatives in the same space every week. And I left and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> Um, how do like what am I gonna do right? Because it's just a whole it's a whole different vibe. But there, I remember going to a party here. Um, that was really cool. Like actually, YG he had a party here, and it was uh, Keanu Lockhart and somebody else performing, and it was at New Blue in New York City. And I was like, just got here, like oh yeah, it's kind of the Detroit show, right? And so I go to the party, and it was different. It was the same, some of the same kind of faces, but it's just what Detroit has is so unique and boiled and like cooked so it's so much soul there that you can't you can't expect anywhere else so i remember i remember at, at northern lights and stuff and being with like you know Slum village and kind of like all these cats frank and banks and all the great creators uh that are are from that city in my time which is you know the early 2000s i came here in 2005 and there's a vibe like everyone's together like you see all types of people together people from the suburbs people from the city like all kind of you know ages and when i came here those that first party was not the same it was like a detroit party but it wasn't because they were like dancers but they were like dancers like broadway dance you know taking up a lot of space and it wasn't like the same thing in detroit where you're just kind of with the people um so i don't know i i, I just i am i embody the spirit of detroit everywhere i go when i i started doing murals there again in community projects i work with um with Talking Doll Studio on the east side, and I have a mural up over there. But really, like, engaging with community um, has been part of my practice. And I, I kind of figured this is, over the last few years, I just started going back there and making commissions. I kind of started small. So when I would get a commission, I would go there and make it in Detroit, you know, mm -hmm. and really trying to figure out how I can contribute to things I've learned um, and bring it back home. Like that was my intention in the first place was like to go see the world, go travel and build this toolbox and bring it back to my city. 
you know, and, I, and I'm that's what I'm doing now. That's awesome. Um, and I know because the last time I saw you, um, you were out at the Royal Oak Rec Center. Yeah. Um, to help with that project that you were working on for your friend, um, Dana Salalam. But Dana, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, yep. That yeah. was really, that. Was, I mean, that's kind of the work I've been doing for many years. Um, and so, yeah, Dana Elam, she was a neighbor of mine. Her, she went by uh, Queen Sela. She was a writer, a, a poet, a screenwriter. She just finished her first film. And, like, just hilarious. Also, like, taught us how to do nails and hair and sing and mm-hmm. everything. Like, she was like our patron of the arts on the block. Like she ran, she was like the, the she ran the crew and she passed away uh, last year and it was before um, it didn't have anything to do with COVID, but you know, like we lost a really good one. And so I wanted to make something for her and, and kind of use my art as healing. I, I absolutely look at my work as healing the energy I put forth and the intention when I create it, if, if that is the intention. And so part of that is like, kind of creating um, artwork, you know, showing people like a skill, but also just creating an environment that's organic and, you know, conversations can happen and connections can be made. They don't have to really talk to me. They talk to each other, but I'll show you how to make a mural, you know, in the meantime. So Mm -hmm. we, we honor her. We made, um, I made an illustration of her and then we blew it up on plywood boards and we created it at the Royal Township where, you know, my grandmother's house is, like that's where I'm I'm from, on eight miles. Mm-hmm. And so it was cool. Like it was the first time I actually saw anything like that in the township at all. Like it was crazy because that's well, one of our her older sister Shawana was like, you know, I've lived here like I've been here my whole life and it just never kinda changed. Like it's a cute little neighborhood, but it's it's just like, you know, I think like there's so many arts and artists in Detroit, like, um, I think it's like really it's our time now. Like people need us. Like you're creating things for the people together outside, learning new things, but trying to figure out new ways. So we did beautify that neighborhood, and I look forward to putting that piece up because you know things got really heavy with COVID, and so I we 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 put the piece. It's at my mom's house now in her garage, very <laughs> safe, <laughs> in uh, Out Sterling Heights. And so Shout we're gonna to Mama. we're trying to yeah, I'm with mom. She's watching her. <laughs> and then we're trying to find the the right time to do the installation proper. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't want to like just put it up and, you know, I, I want her to be celebrated. Mm-hmm. You know, she's an artist. Like I, I want to just give this gift to her family and like her friends, her creative friends. And so, you know, that's kind of the, I did a, another mural like that in Detroit for a friend Shetty. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I did it. And that was actually the first project I did in Detroit. Um, in a while and that was like the first I think that was actually the first and I was like okay I'm ready I got this thing ready I built all this stuff up I, I need to go home and we built the for, she- for Shetty I'm sorry for a Shetty Forever mural mm-hmm. um, it's beautiful it's still up right now mm-hmm. yeah it is beautiful um, one of the things I think too that I really love about your artwork especially the, this goddess project that you're working on um is that like when you look at one of them and um for anybody listening we'll make we'll uh, make sure that there's links so that you can see her work um thank you mm -hmm. but you know it's like you look at them and you're like wow this is it's like it's super raw it's super real but then it's also Mm -hmm. like magical and mystical and like Mm -hmm. all of these things and i just um 
Can you speak a little bit, you know, I'm thinking about the piece I saw that you did for your friend, um, Dana and the one that you did for Shetty. Like what's, what are the inspirations for how you put the goddess project together? What are your hopes for it? What do you want people to take away from it when they look at it? What do you take away from it? The goddess project. So yeah, I mean, um, yeah, thanks. It's, I, that is, it's my project. It's my favorite project, I guess. Um, (laughs) It started in sketches, and and honestly, when I was making them in the beginning, I didn't really think much of it. I was just kind of, like, just expressing myself. Um, So the Goddess Project, yeah, the Goddess Project is is my, it's my favorite project. I feel like it's the most, um, my, my most honest expression. And I started it many years ago. I started, like, just sketching in my notebook, kind of, you know, pass the time and stuff. And even when I, I guess when I was younger, I was drawing a lot of women. But certainly, I started really focusing on it when I started traveling. And I went to Italy when I was 19. I left Ferndale High School uh, after they didn't have anything else to offer me. Got a job. And then I got an apartment. So that's when I started this project. Um I remember paint. I didn't really know you can just like go buy paint or like go buy <laughs> canvas. Like I didn't, you know, you know, I grew up with artists. Like it wasn't like my grandma was like, you know, sitting there with me every week and t- telling me to do projects. I played music. So I knew I was going to be in the arts, but I, w- I thought I would be a musician. I-, I thought I was going to be like in the Disney orchestra or something like that was my intention. <laughs> and, um, you know, I just kind of, that's the, those are the first things I made. And so when I did that first trip and I moved to Italy after like saving my money up, at, you know, working, like just hustling at Detroit Hustle, I hustled. I had a, a little lunchbox and every day I'll put every dollar I made in it, you know, and then I like <laughs> bought my ticket and I was like broke again. I did it again until, until I left and I went out there with Keith. And that's when I really started to lean into my work and explore like graffiti and, and really notice the walls. Cause we, like, you know, you see graffiti and tags and stuff, which I always like one of my favorites. We used to tag and all that too. But when I saw it in Italy, I was like, Oh shoot. <laughs> like There's like graffiti in Sicily. Like who I just didn't know. And so mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I want to, I want to be a graffiti artist. I'm going to be a graffiti artist. Like I said that 20 years ago, girl. And I, I don't even <laughs> know what I was thinking. Like I don't even know how I thought or what I thought, but, here I am right now, and I'm, like, going to be on the Kelly Clarkson show this week because of my freaking graffiti, my, the work we did, mm-hmm. you know, which is considered graffiti, I guess, mm-hmm. sure, you know, but we don't do vandalism. Like, I'm not out destroying people's stuff, but I certainly will beautify an abandoned building with paint, and that's what I saw growing up in the D, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so on those travels, I was just waiting a lot, like, sitting there waiting for a train, waiting for a bus, like just sitting there with nothing to do. And so I would just kind of sketch and I started to really hone in on the women and the outfits and their hair and, you know, and the adornment in different cultures. And I'm like, okay, so I've been to, like, I went to Turkey, I went to India, spent a lot of time there and, you know, Vietnam and all these places and the Americas, Mexico, Panama, like I've been so blessed to go and see these places based on my work. And, you know, saving my money up, doing residency, selling some work, you know, when I was younger, selling a piece and then that would pay for a residency. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, the whole while I was documenting the styles that I saw or even like, really, if you look at my archive, you can see what like black women in America, how they've been wearing their hair, like twisties. Mm -hmm. I was was drawing twisties, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And so Mm -hmm. 
you know, this is really an expression of all the women and that I've seen and come across the women who I know, um, you know, like yourself, women that have made an impact on me and that I'm inspired by some that I don't know. And just kind of them as the goddess, you know, um, sometimes they're really intentional. Like I have one that is one of my favorites. It's a, it's a ballpoint sketch in a, um, in a legal pad. Like I do, I love that so mm-hmm. much. It's like some of my favorite some of my favorite practices literally like white out. That's what I'm using right now. White out, Sharpies, ballpoint pens. Because when I was traveling, I had no money. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't going to art supply store, except for when I was like in you know, Germany and stuff. I'll hit the, like, the, the uh, art supply store. Cause they, they're like, they have weird stuff. They're like ahead of the game. Um, mm. But, you know, just kind of like making things anywhere, always making. So the goddess project has evolved. Like I've done it in bronze. I've done it. I'm um, working on this in, the, in this new kind of material right now, which is kind of like a clay, but it's like not dirt. So it's not as messy. Mm. Um, and you know, and, the, and now the graffiti, uh, street art, whatever you want to call it, you know, I'm open to either one, that aspect of it. And, you know, very large. I want people to see it. I want people to, I want, you know, goddesses to be seen the female form i do a lot of nudes you know which to me is like why would a god need clothes right like who is she gonna offend um or him right and so really like it's a the the, the project itself is it, it's changing like it's it changes like i don't have you know i i get the, the i think the way the most thing i could boil down is like is really representing this eternal figure and, and setting her in the now, like she's rolling blunts or peace pipes or she's got bangles and hoop earrings or she might, you know, they all have a third eye. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's about like, just especially right now, like I, I really love the reflection of like black women and, and multicultural women, but mm-hmm. I, I want it to be more than that. Like I want this, I want to see 90 foot goddesses all over the world. I want to see, mm-hmm people sitting with them because they're meant to be a, a place for peace. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're uh, altars, you know, they're places where you can stand there and have some peace. Like I'm going to build a temple with them one day where you'll be able to go inside of them. Um, awesome. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. Like I, the goddess project is like, it's an overall project that I'm, I've just been working on and I'm playing with uh, all the, the tools that are my disposable you know, to just see how they can manifest because it just feels like it's partly out of my hands now. Hmm. You know, I'm just like doing it. I'm just like messing around. They come. I don't even think of what they're going to be when I make them. Like, I don't, I never have, think, I'm thinking like, oh, I'm going to do this. It's literally when I'm making it, like, mm-hmm. and then I'm, I'm like, oh, okay, this is like the energy that she has. You know, then as I'm making it, it kind of reveals itself to me. Yeah. You know, one of the things, so, you know, through the, the, the kind of like thread of what you're saying, um, one of the things that keeps like coming through my head um, is, you know, thinking about um, it, and the identification as both a black and an, an indigenous woman, you mm-hmm. know, the 
Um, and then this, the, the, the transition from like, oh, I want to do this kind of art, and now you're doing public art, right? And, mm-hmm. we, and we're having, and, and then how, and this is where I want to kind of talk to you, so you, you can talk a little bit about the Soho Renaissance Factory, is that like yeah. you have, all, you know, these two identities, right, that are often, um, that are both um, about like, in American history at least, about like displacement and right. not being well, allowed yeah. to be in public spaces. And uh, one of my being... pieces was literally covered today, and I was like, um, <laughs> you, like, you know, sorry, I'm going to no. cut you off. I'm going to fin- no. let, let you finish, but that's what I said, right? <laughs> you know where i'm going it's like you know so then here we all get locked down and we're all forced to be right because of our inability prior to this to think about the fact that we're all in public spaces all the time together and that like these spaces aren't only owned by one group of people right right? and so then we get locked down because of pretty much a, a, a lot of because of people's selfishness right um, yeah. And out of that, here you have, you know, this group of artists who decides to, um, like, reclaim space, right? Or even yeah, just... You know, occupying. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I just, yeah, yeah, talk to me a little bit about, like, how that happened and, like, what it's meant for you. Because I really think that, too, that ties into a lot of this, like, the, the talk about how you can make art visionary and how mm-hmm. art can change people's perceptions about who belongs where and who owns what and who yeah yeah i know it's funny we're just talking about that me and my friend ray um so yeah i mean pretty much like the it's interesting because i've been i've been doing murals for a long time and in schools i've done them for um institutions museums you know like and teaching mural making i've been doing that since i moved to new york pretty much mm-hmm. um it be, and, and I love, what I love the most about what I'm doing and graffiti, street art, whatever that is, murals, is I wanted to be for the people. Like, I wanted to be for the kid like me that shows up in New York City in 19, 20, 21, 22, and is, doesn't know, doesn't have, feel welcome by institutions or they're scared. Because that's how I felt. I was like, I didn't feel like I belonged. I felt like I explicitly didn't belong. It wasn't mm-hmm. that I didn't feel like I belonged. It was like clearly not for me. And so mm-hmm. I had to either learn how to navigate that or, you know, I guess just pick another profession, but I just honestly come think of another thing that I would do besides it. Like I've been a teacher and things like that, but that was never fulfill, fulfilling me long-term. Like that, that was part of my practice too. Like being with people that are learning and sharing ideas. So you know, when when everything shut down, I was, uh, it's so crazy, girl. I saw this, uh, my friend Jeff Golden, who gave me my first job when I moved to New York, and I was with him, um, not like with him, he's like a homie. I was like hanging out at his place upstate with my other friend, uh, Leola, and off the grid, right when George Floyd was killed. Mm. And everything got boarded up. I don't know what it looks like out there because mm-hmm. it's Detroit, so they're venting boarded up. So when everything got boarded up, I was like, you know, immediately brought back to, you know, being a kid in Detroit and seeing these places that were so unloved, mm. you know, and then they kind of blame it on the people, even though the 
city's not taking these buildings down or whatever the case is. We all, you know, you see what it is. Mm-hmm. And so I was inspired by Detroit actually to do this project. I thought about the Heidelberg project and I know it's much expanded now and mm-hmm. people see it and they're like, wow. But back in the day, it was like a weird house. <laughs> it was one weird house with like, you know, dismembered dolls and objects and pots and pans you know as an installation and I was like I think maybe he he lived there I don't know but my father took uh, me and my sister there all the time and it was just the weirdest thing and I watched that grow and so you know we see what Detroit is now and how you go there and when I moved to when I moved here nobody knew about Detroit it was amazing to me because I was like how do you not it's like the dopest place on earth like what are you talking about like what are you talking about you have to go there it's so fun and don't nobody bother you you know Mm-hmm. You could just be black because everyone black and no one bothers you. You just out here. Um, and so when everything was boarded up here, I was actually upstate with my friend Jeff. And he had rented this place in the woods. So I was like, oh, we going off the grid. And we did. We went off the grid. And then I got a phone call, actually a text from my friend Charlie, who owns Bomb Bar. And he's like, yo, there's people painting on, you know, I didn't really know what that meant. And so because we've been kept out of that space, even though street artists, you know, built that place, like um, mm-hmm. Warhol, Basquiat, mm-hmm. you know, Keith Haring, like Grace Jones, Madonna, all those people were down there. These artists were down there and performers and, you know, get, like giving that place life. And now, um, you know, it's pretty much like a mall because business follows art, which mm-hmm. is happening in Detroit now. Like, it's really scary to watch, actually, from the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... You know, to be to think that I can go there and like paint, I didn't even know what that meant. Like I literally didn't know what it meant. What he was talking about, I thought I was gonna paint the gate for a business or something. <sighs> so when I showed up on that Sunday morning, it was I showed up to every single building having boards, plywood boards covering their windows and doors, any glass, all the glass was, was covered. You would see glass shards on the ground. But you also saw a ton of art, like a lot of artists had come out, because uh, I came on Sunday, they started on Saturday, had come out and there was like a permission given to paint on these plywood boards. And that was funny because like permissions during that time was crazy because there was no one there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was the only day that I like, quote unquote, got a permission. And then after that, after being able to put the first piece up, which was of Imani Nixon, she's the inspiration for that piece. You know, Imani? Um, she's so you need to know her she's I'm gonna answer her she's a journalist from Detroit and she's like absolutely killing it I met her last year you know kind of when I was on uh actually I was there for Dana's memorial it was it was freaking horrible um but you know it was cool to meet her and we kept in contact she actually wrote the piece that was in the free press um in Detroit that was about my project okay uh Soho Renaissance Factory and kind of we were we had just were building it then. So when I showed up in Soho, it was like empty streets except for artists. Everything was closed. There was no traffic. You only saw do- people documenting and then people creating. And so um, I met Amir Diop, who is in my collective now. I met him that first day. He walked by me. He was like, yo, that's fire. Like this young kid, you know. And then there were, I, I was like, hi. It was crazy because all of a sudden I get to do what I want on the street. So I have met Imani. She had this really cool hairstyle. And so I did like the, uh, the, the fro with the part. And I, you know, thought about her as the goddess of beauty and information because she's a journalist, right? She's like, 
she's tall and she's gorgeous <laughs> and she's got great energy. She's just super smart. And so I wanted her. She was like the perfect representation. This woman from Detroit was the per- perfect representation to start that iteration of this project because I, I knew pretty immediately that I was going to keep putting them up because there's so many more plywood boards. The whole city was boards. It smelled like plywood. Like it was mm-hmm. crazy. Um, and so, you know, I pretty much showed up the next day. I met a guy named Damien who was a photographer. He worked at Nike and he's like, oh, we have these, the street blocked off, you know, pull up. And I did. Like I came through and he already prepped the spot for me. And I just started painting every day. Like I started putting goddesses up every day for, um, I mean, and sometimes I would take more than one day because you could also take your time. I was like, wow, I'm like literally painting in the streets right now. The cops roll by me. Mm-hmm. Don't say nothing. And so, um, you know, I met the other guys on July 4th, actually. that was There was no fireworks and the streets were closed. And, you know, I, they just happened to be on the same block. But we knew each other's work. And then it just kind of was like, oh, you coming tomorrow? And then the next day it was like, oh, okay. And I couldn't come the next day outside. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go the next day, you know? And then we just kept each other going, man. We had, I bring a cooler music and we basically were creating these pieces live um, for the people doing it with that intention as well to share the process. And, you know, knowing that people don't typically get to see the artists creating in their studio, we were making the streets, our studio. Mm. So we did that. And um, the business has started to listen and, we ended up partnering with the Noma Hotel, uh, JVP Margaret, Westwood Gallery, and uh, Soho Bit at this point to put together an artist residency with the Noma. So we lived there for ten months, and that's our uh, creative headquarters. And yeah, we have a, we have a big exhibition there tomorrow, mm. um, actually. Awesome. And yeah, that that's like how we were born. We were just born out of like I think needing each other too. It was like I was by myself until I was out there painting. I was completely you know, isolated, like everybody was isolated watching freaking whatever stupid shows, the end of TV and, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like gaining weight. <laughs> like <laughs> what we did for the 2020, but we just, you know, kind of kept going and building and really, it, it made me think about how do you actually, like, what does it mean to be an artist? Like what, how, what does it mean to be an artist professionally? You know, how do you make money? Like, how do you, how is it sustainable? What do you want it to look like? And we were getting those questions asked. So, um, like now Sotheby's has underwritten a bunch of projects. They, they stand in support of us and they, it, it, you know, we're in a position now where we get, we have a voice. Like we, we built our own table essentially, like after never being invited, you know, they, mm-hmm. before I would show my work and, um, I remember showing it to a certain magazine that's a really big magazine. I want my work in so bad, which it will be one day. And they told me my work was too beautiful for it. And I was like, bruh, what does that mean? Like, you know, how many black women are getting published out here? Mm-hmm. Like, how many do you see? Like, how many of us are there? How many murals do you see with black women that are done by black women? Mm-hmm. It's, it's rare. I know, like, um, it happens, but it's rare. It's rare. You see other people, you know, co-opting our images even if they mean well it's fine you know mm-hmm. but that's what it is and so i'm like, like yeah i was i was forcing my work down everyone's throat like i was putting <laughs> it everywhere i was taking every space like all the spaces i was popping like you knew my work and it was on purpose because i wanted to, i wanted to see reflections of myself my sisters and my friends and people i respect in these streets and every and people wanted to see it too like people's reaction was so positive that's why i knew it was like um 
something good and to work with a team of artists that had the same healing mentality, beautification mentality and getting, getting to, um, you know, build with them has been amazing. Like um, we're six members now. There's Amir Diop, Sule, Casey Drysdale, Calicho, Manuel Puya. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, is that five? And me. <laughs> I'm like, who is six of us? It's me and Coffee. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and we, we've created, we became family. Like we were there together every day. We were pretty much embedded in the hotel. Our creative space is there. We live there. And we were able to use it as a headquarters to beautify this city. Go, we, we have pieces up in Harlem. We work with the Harlem bid and really also figure out what do artists need to do in order to survive as artists. Like, what is that handbook? You know, what, mm-hmm. is it, what does it really look like to be an artist, to be a professional artist? Like, you have to know the bid. You have to know the business improvement district, everyone. You can contact them, you know. You have to like know who the local politicians are to get who's making stuff, real estate people, like people with the spaces, especially right now, there's just so much time for change. And I urge everybody listening, right, Megan, girl, like everyone, all y'all, to come up with some, whatever. If you want to pull off some some idea that ha- that you can take up a space temporarily, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you will be able to at least get a partnership with somebody that needs something in their space because what, what we are looking at now in New York, it looks like when I moved from Detroit, when I moved from Detroit, you saw so many boarded up buildings or like just empty, you know, and here is, that's what it's like right now on the Broadway corridor right now, mm-hmm. right now. There's like, I, I don't even know what the, um, I don't know the percentage. I don't want to misquote, but I know that it was at about 30%, you know, occupied. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier in this year and so they have some solutions are you know what we've done we were we worked with the hotel the normal it was empty um they were they stayed open during the pandemic they didn't you know work with the uh government to like put on home people on house people or anything like that they just tried to stay in business and um you know we basically made a pitch to them like yo we we're starting this uh we need we need a new studio we had a different studio at that point we were sharing we just met but one one of the guys had a studio so that was our headquarters and then, um, you know, but what we're building right now is a scalable model. Like we're building mm-hmm. resources, uh, a structure for resourcing artists and connecting artists and businesses and making sure that, that uh, you know, we can work to bring the, these cities back. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I look forward to, to doing really big things in Detroit coming up soon. Like I have like some really cool things cooking, awesome. you know, um, I'm pretty... I'm in, in Soho and intentional, like taking this spot because it's, it's one, it's the richest area code, you know, mm-hmm. in America. And it's like, and they, I sit on their community board meetings now, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm, I have this voice, um, that is representing the artists and the young people, like we need to be in there. People from other, like, I, I, I would mm-hmm. love to have like a Detroit pop up here. Like where's just Detroit shit. So what up though? You know, <laughs> yes. like, you walk in, just like a bunch of, like a bunch of dudes everywhere. But like I'm dead serious, like because this is the time where you know we need new things. So all new things count. All new voices count. Like mm-hmm. this is what's essential now. In the beginning, it was like groceries and whatever. Now it's like okay, so what are we gonna do? Because people are like, oh, it's just going to open back up. Well, where, with what, and how? You know, people got laid off like crazy. People are not working. Mm-hmm. They are um, not healthy. <clears throat> just, you know, beyond, like, COVID, they're not healthy because they've been sitting down for so long or, like, trying to be on Zoom all day and all that. Mm-hmm. Just mentally, um, 
you know. It's so I, I don't know. I, I'm just I, yeah, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to use like working um with the people that are are making change. Like, I'm sending a call for my friend TK right now who runs Up Magazine, who did a really great piece on me last issue. Hey. But like people like him, he's just mm-hmm. out here. He came and met with me right now in Brooklyn. Like, yo, let's go to the studio. We're gonna be my friend. He's leaving tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like uh-huh. we're gonna meet him real quick. <laughs> I gotta take this call. You know, but it's, it's that's Detroit right there. Uh-huh. Like, no, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I had war- wardrobe uh-huh. malfunction earlier. Everything. I was like, nothing's gonna stop me. I'm gonna drink some water, <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, keep it going. So, yeah. mm-hmm. no, I love that. I love that. Like we, I mean, we're gonna have to reimagine. I'm, it's not, you know, I think we often think that when, when I think in our heads, we think a revolution is gonna look like burning everything down or tearing it all down. It doesn't necessarily right. have to look like that. It could look like, oh, Mm-mm. we're going to repurpose this hotel and make it a studio or we're going to, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. we're going to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who mm-hmm. wants that for real? Like, come on, y'all want to be eating beans in your bunker? Stop. You know, <laughs> like everyone has an iPhone. Oh, let's relax. <laughs> we're going to plug your switch in too. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it's a really, it, I think that right now is, and what I've seen, because, you know, it's like me and my, my guys, like my team, my, my, they're my team, my family, these guys, they, like, we lived together for months. It was wild. I had, like, <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome. It was crazy, you know? And, like, when we moved out of the hotel and, and back into our homes or wherever we were going, that was kind of like a test, too. Like, was this just a flash in the pan? And no, mm-hmm. it was like, we still talk every day. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're in the studio right now preparing for the uh, the show, we the shows we have coming up. And, you know, I... I it's amazing. Like, it's amazing. I'm, I'm excited to see like every, every change that's going to happen. Cause we're not the only ones out here. There's a, a bunch of artists that are mm-hmm. really creating great work right now. And, and, you know, going just as hard, like straight mm-hmm. up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I've been working at this in this city for 16 years and I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm very proud that this is the moment where my work gets to speak because, yeah. um, and it, it, you know, it's just, it's, it's an honor like this is we need more black voices you know and and then weird stuff too like my work don't fit in you know, everyone you know it's like weird people are like what are you doing i'm like i don't know drawing on paper bags like you know whatever which is what i'm doing next um but you know it's it's like that creative freedom like letting artists speak because you know you remember um the super bowl detroit right when they had put those facades up downtown, mm. those like freaking little like paper over them, but with fake beautiful buildings looking like mm-hmm. Soho. Mm-hmm. You remember that mm-hmm. girl? And I remember seeing that like, what is that? Like, I was like, mm-hmm. I was offended, but because I know what's there. Mm-hmm. But what I learned from that was like, wow, you just have to visualize it. Like somebody visualized it and look at Detroit now. <laughs> look at it. Like, mm-hmm. Like I've watched from afar. I mean, I've, I've like I go there a bunch of times a year. I have like a lot of family in Potosi. I've been spending a lot of time up there and like mm-hmm. um, Cadillac, in the middle of, <laughs> middle of Michigan, mm-hmm. things like that. But you know, I've watched Detroit. Um, you know, it's like tricky because it's like a we call a resurgence, but we never left. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like there's an infusion of money and more people and eyes on it. So there's a lot more opportunities. You know, I'm, I am also, I also live in Brooklyn where it's so expensive. So I'm like, buy your house, you know, make sure that you're in there, buy, buy your place, buy a house so that you're not pushed out. 
Um, but it took it took somewhat creative to visualize all that. And like I remember even seeing the riverfront, like um, you know what it used to look like before. But you know, seeing the river walk and and what that came to be it's amazing to me and it took just a designer there was i'm sure there are conversations and talking about money and whatever Mm -hmm. but i remember seeing drawings of it and seeing images of it and i was like i was like yeah right like what are you talking about Mm -hmm. and now i go to detroit and i was like oh my god like it's it came true and that's because you need creatives you need people that make things that can draft it and can take something from their brain and just put it on paper and it doesn't have to be that exact same thing you know, but just start to visualize it. So that's what we need to do now. That's mm-hmm. what I'm doing now. Like, that is my mission. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm in L.A. this week, I, I actually went to L.A. during the shutdown. And, um, you know, I basically painted on plywood boards out there. I was in Denver two weeks ago and in Santa Fe. I saw plywood boards in Denver. And, you know, at this point, it's like my protest. And really yeah. also, like, making the places look beautiful because it was next to there was a sister that has a smoke shop and then the, the it was like a little strip mall in Denver on um, East Colfax. And it's like, she has her smoke shop there. Young sister, she just opened it up maybe six months ago. And then all the places that next are closed. So it's like a place that's open and then five boarded up businesses or yeah. three or whatever it was. It looked, it looked horrible. So I went and put up murals next to her, you know? And I was yeah. like, hey, I'm conscious. <laughs> Please don't call the cops. Because <laughs> I got permission, I got permission from these streets, so you know. Yeah. And then it, it brought it adds value. So you know, art really adds value. And um, mm-hmm. now is the time to like really to to talk to your local artists. Like I work with artists out there. I work with uh, Scotta. He came out here for the B Eleven Festival. Um, you know, CL Jenkins. Like just people I met in D- in Detroit. I mean, in, in New York that were doing a show here. I was like, there was actually a group of artists from Detroit that came and did a show in Soho uh, last summer that I met and, like, you know, connected with them. So when I went back to do the, the for Dana mural, they came and pulled up with their team and, like, playing some paint. You know, it was yeah. so cool. So I'm like, I just want to make a... I like... Where I want this to go is I want I want millions of people to be inspired to take uh, urgency and ownership of their spaces. And I would, I would like to show people how to or connect with each other to, to help each other to make their spaces better, their cities better. Um, I want to, like, be the greatest voice of my generation. You know, I think I have something great to say, and I hope that I can inspire people to pick up brushes and, you know, like, inspire people to try to write books and, you know, do do weird stuff and, um, you know, just, like, spread love, like, literally spread love. Oh, I think that I have a lot of dreams, Megan. You got so many dreams, and I love them. And <laughs> so I, many <laughs> I love it. We need that. We need our artists out here just dreaming. We need to like, you know. I think you know. There's a time. You know. You need the people who sit down and write. You need the people who sit down and dream and mm-hmm. create art. You need the people who. So I love it, and I think that that's a really great way, especially because you know. Um, in the legacy of the Boggses, it's the the kind of the, the mindset is always on what does it mean to build beloved community, and so I think um, that is a wonderful note for us to end on is Constance's okay. dream of, you know, I want to spread love and I want this to be something that everybody can feel that they have access to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, it's super important. Yeah, and like. It- Please, like, you know, send anyone my way, like, um, anyone that hears this that is curious about what they can do in their neighborhoods. I 
am an expert. <laughs> I can say that now, Megan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, but, you know, like, really, I, I can help at least kind of direct awesome. people on some entities and their, um, you know, like, how, what, how I did it specifically. Like, it's kind of like you got to work with local politicians and, you know, show up to a lot of the meetings and stuff and um, to get your things done. But I, I'm happy to help if anyone is an artist and has kind of questions about that stuff. You can email me. It's Constance at SRF Studio. Awesome. It also sounds like maybe we're going to have to do a workshop at some point in the next year. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sounds like an amazing um, offer. So, um, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for being here with us tonight. And um, if you want to learn more about Constance's work, you can check out the Soho Renaissance Factory at SohoRenaissanceFactory.com. And you can follow her on Instagram at Con Art Studio, and that's Con with a K, uh, K-O-N Art Studio. And, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Constance. Bye. I appreciate uh, you. Thanks. Yeah, girl, I love you so much, girl. I love you, too. This is dope, man. Congrats. I'm real happy for you. I'm so proud of you and your inspiration. <laughs> oh, thank you. You, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. I can't wait to wild out. All right. <laughs> Peace. Peace. <laughs> You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.